This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Visit betterhelp.com slash Padilla because sometimes existing is exhausting. My name's Anthony Padilla, and today I'll be spending a day with ex-K-pop idols to learn the truth about becoming an idol and what it takes to leave it all behind. By the end of this video, we'll find out if the industry's strict regimens are as torturous as rumors suggest, how forbidden romantic relationships really are, and what a painstaking lawsuit to break a multi-year contract really looks like. Was K-pop stardom nothing but a dream come true? Or was the rigid and restrictive lifestyle they were forced to maintain too isolating and bleak for them to ever enjoy the success that they achieved? Hello, Becca. Hi, Anthony. Young Min. Hello. Christine. Hi, how are you doing? I feel like there are two sides of what people imagine a K-pop idol lifestyle to be like. On one hand, there's kind of this perception that it's a dream come true and nothing else, there's no negative to it at all. And then on the other side, this torturously stringent environment where you have almost no autonomy over yourself, your image, no almost, almost no free will. Where do you think your experience landed on that spectrum? I think I would fall in the middle, but a little bit more towards not having freedom and just the materialistic and idolistic things that a K-pop idol kind of is. Chasing dreams always has its charges, I guess. In terms of environments, maybe tortures. But as for me, it felt like a part of responsibility. It wasn't in the middle, but maybe like 70% or yeah, something. Yeah, slightly leaning toward not the best experience. It was a pretty hard experience. What do you think the biggest misconception is about K-pop idols? It's like super glamorous. You don't get privacy. You don't get time. You don't get, you know, to do a lot of things that a lot of normal people would do at their age. What K-pop group were you a member of and how long were you a member? I was a part of After School. We debuted in January 2009, and then I exited um, in 2011. I was part of a group called Blady or Be Lady. I was actively promoting from 2013 to 2015. Since 2011, for eight years, I was in an idol group named Boyfriend. What was the process like of getting chosen to become an idol? I went to another casting company. An audition to become a trainee was my first step. Three hours sleep was an average night's sleep. It felt quite like a survivor bedding, or in form of a dream that felt so far away. Had you already been performing a bunch at that time? I'm nothing. <laughs> oh, really? You weren't a performer at all? You just had a dream to do it, and then you did it. Yes. I did a global audition for a survival show called K-Pop Star Season 2. Probably one of the most nerve-wracking auditions because you're literally in front of the highest CEOs in K-Pop and also you're being recorded to go on national television. I was at like a church volleyball tournament and then all of a sudden this scout came. I guess they thought I was cute. Had you ever performed before that? Never. To be honest, I was super shy. What was it about you that made them think that you would want to become an entertainer? I don't know. Maybe they saw something or they didn't. They just wanted to take a chance. Damn. Well, they were right, apparently, because then you became an idol and you killed it. They did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> Do you remember the moment when you found out that you were going to have a spot in a group? Went to the audition and they're like, 
hey, can you stay for like five minutes? We just want to talk about some things. Okay, we decided that we really want you in the group and the company. As soon as I heard that, I was like, wait, like this isn't what I was expecting. I was totally thrown off guard. As soon as the audition ended, they asked me if I can go to a recording studio. Oh, we want to see how, you know, your voice would sound. And I just remember like being super nervous because I never heard my voice like through a recording studio and through a mic. Yeah, so. I wish we had that audio oh. to play right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Not me. I wish that, <laughs> yeah, audio is not there. I do just not want to think no about music. the moment. Yeah. Oh, Oh, no. I actually did a second audition, did dancing and singing, and then he was just like, we'll see you in Korea. He and just said, we'll see you in Korea. That year, um, Christmas Eve, we landed in Korea. So then you started training to become part of this group. Being a trainee is very nerve-wracking because you don't know when they're going to cut you. Really? So you could completely lose your job at any moment when you're still a trainee mm -hmm. because it's not... Yes contractually inked? Yeah, so most companies with trainees, they actually have another like audition like monthly and they'll do like evaluations. Oh. They're seeing if you're getting better or you know, if you have improved. What was a basic day-to-day -day schedule for you during that time? Well, we were in the rehearsal room for like at least 10 hours a day. And to me, it was really fun. It didn't feel like, oh, 10 hour shift. It's most to one year. I woke up early in the morning. I went to company, vocal training, two hours after dancing, two hours later, Japanese and Chinese. Camera testing is so busy day. Our training hours are pretty insane. Remember towards like the end where if we're preparing to come back with a song or debut with a song, I remember I would go home around like 3 or 4 because we would just be practicing. 3 or 4 a.m.? Yes. And then you would wake up the next day and start again at eight? Yes, yes. And where was the time to sleep or exist as you within that time frame? In the beginning, it was super hard for me. Obviously, I'm not used to, you know, using my body like that for like many hours. My body, it's like more sore than like, you know, going have like a gym day. More sore than a leg day? More sore than a leg day. Wow. And I remember for me too, there was one day we had to go to practice, but I had such bad period cramps. And I remember asking the company like, hey, um, is it okay if I like, you know, rest a little bit today? And then yeah. they'll be like, do you think other K-pop idols like would rest? I mean, it sounds similar to the way that many women are treated all over all the time, mm -hmm. every day. I remember like being on like, just like very heavy, but then you would have to wear like white clothes. And I remember being mm. so self-cautious and like yeah. constantly asking my members like, hey, am I good? Like, you know, you don't we see good? anything. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Did you feel any pressure to look or act a certain way while you're in the group? So there's kind of like a unsaid or like a unspoken like rule of the ideal weight a female should weigh in the K-pop industry. As soon as we go into the company, we would have to weigh ourselves and then there'll be like a log of all of our body weights. Is that every day? Yeah, that's the first thing you do. They'll kind of see how your weight is like fluctuating, if it's mm -hmm. you know the same, if you're losing weight. And, you know, I remember, like, we would get in trouble if you, like, gained weight. They're like, you know, we're feeding you guys just, the, like, a salad and, like, what you guys are supposed to eat, like, your personal trainers. Why are you guys yeah. gaining weight? This is, like, so not healthy. Not the way that you should be losing weight. Well, I was trying to be this person 
that I, I wasn't. I was on a diet a lot. So I was trying to fit that mold because, you know, we're a rookie group and it just has to be, everything has to look the part. Do you think you were affected at all by the beauty standards of the industry? Of course. You get influenced by what you're surrounded with, right? Absolutely. With all the messaging and like all this stuff, it's like beauty, 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 beauty. And like for me at the time, at such an unhealthy like state, it wasn't helping me. The whole image that they like had or they want you to be is just kind of unrealistic. They want you to be skinny, but they also want you to be like curvy in a way too. Mm. And then they'll just be mm. like, oh yeah, you gotta wear like certain like, sorry, like butt pads or like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, would they have you wear like padding? Yeah, they would, they would. I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of exposing a couple of secrets from other K-pop idols, but my company did kind of encourage us to do certain things like laser hair removal, or in some cases like plastic surgery for some people. And I think like you're, you're just kind of, it's just put on to you. You don't really have like an option or you know, you can't really say no. Yeah, I remember at one time they actually wanted me to do like white tanning. You either could do white tanning or you could lighten your foundation shade or you could get these vitamin C shots. And I'll just be like, I'll lighten my foundation shades. I would realize that I was a little bit, you know, kind of darker, a little bit different. Even though I was mm -hmm. Korean and I was Korean American, um, it definitely felt like an outcast. Were there any things that the company asked you to do that kind of caught you off guard? We were B lady or blady, and um, guess what the B stands for? B beautiful, beautiful. I mean, that could work, that could work. <laughs> uh, you know, it was supposed to be blood type B girls. Blood type. Yeah, I remember at the time, they asked me what my blood type was. You're like, are you fucking vampire, bro, what? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm blood type A. And then they're like, oh, okay, then don't tell anybody that you're blood type A. Our, our concept as a group is going to be blood type B girls. In the Asian culture, we're very like highly of blood types. And I guess like blood type B girls are very like chic, confident. Sounds uh, like horoscopes in the West. In the West, it's more about horoscopes. In the Asian culture, it's about blood types. I just remember thinking, wow, I have to lie about my whole identity to be in this group. Like, is it even right? I felt bad, like even, you know, lying about it. Were you allowed to date or have romantic relationships during this period? We barely have time to eat, so dating would never have fit our schedule. We didn't have any pressure from the company of us yet, but mostly our career and position is based on our fans, so we are a bit cautious about this issue. You were in boyfriend, but felt like you couldn't be a boyfriend. I just want to be a boyfriend. <laughs> both, both. You wanted to be in boyfriend and be a boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember the company would say, Just don't get caught. What? Like, <laughs> Sorry, they say gonna... it's okay to date, but don't get caught? Yeah. They'd just be like, if you're gonna date, like, don't get caught by us. They would say, don't get caught by us, not don't get caught yeah. by someone else. They're yeah. giving you permission as long as you don't get caught by them. That's yeah. bizarre. There is a lot of secret dating and you date mostly at night because obviously our schedules are, you know, jam-packed during the day. We we would go to like a little bit outside of Seoul and then we would date around like nighttime. Whoa, you actually had to go to a different city to date. Go to like 24 hour cafes in like the middle right. of nowhere. Cause what would have happened if a, if a fan saw you and snapped a picture? Idols are like products. You're their biggest asset and you're their money makers. So if 
you start dating and the fans will sometimes leave you and I think that's the thing that the companies are the most scared of and um, that's the reason why I feel like dating in the idol scene is just not accepted and I don't think it's ever gonna be accepted. How did things change once you started performing and recording songs and music videos? When we have music show programs, it's two to three minutes. Sometimes you might perform your whole song, but if you are a rookie group and you just debuted and your company is not as big, they might even cut your song. So basically mm. you're putting in like eight, nine hours a day of work to just for this two minutes of like performing on stage and I remember like wow. you would be so like excited to go on stage and then after you perform you're like okay well that was fast. Did you ever feel like you were a prisoner to your contract? Before we continue learning about the world of ex-K-pop idols, hold on one fucking second. I know you're tempted to skip through this but I have a very important, very quick announcement that I spent a day with isn't just here on YouTube. We're also on TikTok, Snapchat, Spotify, and of course, most importantly, Apple. Did I mention the podcast version of the show is completely fucking uncensored? It is. And while you're here, I'd also like to thank BetterHelp for their continued partnership. Therapy has been extremely helpful in shaping who I am today by allowing me to have empathy for my younger self and therefore understand my current self better but therapy can be customized to whatever is right for you and can be really useful in providing tools to help with motivation or feelings of depression, anxiety, stress, insecurity, or whatever else you might specifically need. BetterHelp has been continuing to improve throughout the years and screens all therapists to ensure that they have experience and are certified and licensed and provides customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your licensed therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera or even speak on the phone if that's not something that you're comfortable with. As many of us know, therapy can be expensive and the price of finding a therapist that you like and that you actually connect with can get overwhelming, which is why BetterHelp offers a more affordable alternative to in-person therapy where you can start communicating with your licensed therapist in less than 48 hours. So thanks again to BetterHelp who are giving I Spend a Day with viewers and listeners, that's you. I'm pointing right at you and you can't see it, but you can hear it in my voice. You get 10% off the first month at betterhelp.com slash Padilla. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash Padilla. Now back to the world of XK-pop idols. Did you ever feel like you were a prisoner to your contract? Many times they would like kind of guilt trip you in certain situations that be like, well, in the contract, it says that you have to do this and this. I think everything kind of goes down to the paper. And when trainees signed these contracts to become idols, I don't think they're really looking at these contracts. You're looking more towards the dream and the vision, not like the paperwork. Once you realize you're like, oh man, like, I'm fucked. Like, I have this contract is my life. Ask for a contract in your guys' respective language. Wait, did you not get a contract in your native language? Mine was in Korean. You weren't able to, like, go over every detail. Fully understand it, yeah. When did you start realizing that you wanted to leave the group? My dieting and all that stuff, it was just, I just couldn't take it anymore. And then mentally, you know, it was just like, I don't know how to control this. I don't know myself enough to create boundaries. People think I got kicked out or 
you know, there was an argument or anything. It was not that. I was. It wasn't that cool. It was like more like. Uh, <laughs> you didn't march I, into the to the office of the CEO no. and say, "I am done." And so is your no. contract. The contract that we had and that most idols have is that they have to give you um, like an estimate of how much you know, revenue you had or income or profit, they would give you kind of like a rundown. And I remember receiving it and being in total shock because we were in so much debt. And I was like, I don't think I could ever make money being here. Idols, when they're a rookie, you don't really get a say of what type of music color or concept you would want to do. You got to follow through with it. So I remember there was a couple of times where I'm like, oh, like I really don't want to promote this song. I felt like for me, the song wasn't that great, or like I knew that it wasn't gonna do well, or this mm. song is like really like, I don't know, cringe. And it's ironic because you're doing something that you don't wanna do, but at the same time, you're the one that is getting more in debt. In the end of the day, it is a profession, it is a job. You know, I am doing it because I, I love to sing and dance and, you know, perform, but I kind of snapped back into my senses and just thought like, I can't live like this. Were you talking to other people in the group about this? Was this kind of like a mutual group conversation? I think it may have caught them by surprise. And I didn't know how to like talk to people or like share my feelings or express myself. Oh, so you're like everyone in their early 20s. <laughs> I was like that. So I'm just, one day I was, they found out and it was bittersweet. I remember for a couple of months, like I would talk with my members and they would be, you know, what are we gonna do? Like. We're in so much debt. And I think we just saw it as a kind of like an opportunity to just leave because we didn't see a future, you know, like we saw when we first came into the company. Do you remember the moment when you officially declared that you'd be leaving? Thankfully, our team didn't go through any conflict or difficulty with our company. We ask you look forward to our solo project as well, as each member has so many things. We had several meetings to see what we could do, but in the end, they respected my decision. They threw me a party. I had a graduation photo shoot with my members. So yeah, I don't have like angry or bitter feelings. I filed a lawsuit and it actually took like over two years. Obviously we couldn't come to like a negotiation and then I think um, from there the lawsuit kind of just started. I was thinking on that, okay, I'm going to be saving more time if I go through with this lawsuit. How did you feel immediately after leaving? I have been loved for a long time. I think, can I do well? That's what I thought. Like mong. So in Korean it just means you're kind of like... <laughs> What is that? Were you coming like, back to Earth? I, yeah, I was like, what do, I, what, what do I do? Like, that was my world. Two years later, I'm like, man, I'm still wasting time. I haven't, you know, settled anything with this company. The judges were like, it's just best to kind of like leave. We did win the lawsuit, but- Yeah, yeah winners! <laughs> it wasn't refreshing. It was just like, oh, like we won the lawsuit. Uh, hey, so it was more know? like, there was more like, yay. Okay, shut that book, moving on yeah. to the next. Did you have any coping mechanisms that helped you get through this time? I dissociated a lot back then. I was once part of Comedy Duo. I was, you guys know Smosh. I was part of this group called Smosh's yeah, Comedy I know, Group. Yeah, I saw. Like for the year or two leading up to the moment that I left, I was completely just like on 
autopilot. It just didn't feel like it was it was mine anymore. It felt like it was something that was completely out of my control. Mm. It was so like deeply frustrating that I almost felt like I couldn't deal with it. And I feel like that feeling of being so overly trapped in this environment that just doesn't feel like it makes sense for you anymore. It's sometimes just natural to completely dissociate. And like for me, I just felt like like something doesn't seem right and, and I was just like, I need to take care of myself. You didn't talk about your experiences for a decade. I was still processing during that those 10 years. Uh, and I still am certain, you know, in certain things. Like I haven't arrived, I'll never arrive. But I think I can definitely say it a lot better than before. Yeah. What kind of things do you think that you were processing over those 10 years? My identity, like who am I? What am I good at? What am I not good at? Like, what do I want to do next? Do I really like art? Like, what about my life? What do I do now? Mm. But I think during those 10 years, I was just wandering like in my desert and yeah. growing in character and as a person. Many people have disdain for the companies behind K-pop and feel like they're greedy and manipulative, which is why they boycott and do things like that. How true do you think that is? A lot of fans will support the idols, but they don't like how these um, companies are, you know, working these idols. They'll have yeah. like, you know, boycotts for the company. And the company does see like advantages and takes opportunities. Mm. I wouldn't say use the fans, but they know that they're always gonna be there and very loyal. I do feel like there is manipulation up to some point. Later on, when you like start to figure things out, things that are like shady, everything kind of just comes back at once and you're just seeing all of the things that the company is doing that is so wrong. Sometimes it takes stepping away from a situation to be able to kind of mm -hmm. take the blindfold off and see what the situation was really like, what yeah. the other person in that situation was really up to, what their mm -hmm. motives were. Yeah, most of the time you'll realize you're manipulated more than you think you are. And in the situation, they might feel like they're benefiting you, but in the end, it's not, you're just being used, you're just a product. What do you think a healthier K-pop industry looks like? Really taking into consideration like idols' mental health, like if they need a break to kind of recover or, you know, like really listen to them and hear them out. Like if idols get that, I feel like the situations would be so much better. We talked a lot about the negative side of many of these things, but what brought you the most joy about what you did? So every time a dream came through, every stage with all our fans standing outside us, listening to our song and dancing with us. Definitely seeing your fans. And they really encouraged me um, when I was so down. And it was it's just really sweet. So the yeah. people. I think it's the people that you meet through it. I met so many great friends, you know, that have interests and similar hobbies as I do. And I, like you get to visit different countries, you know, interact with people that you would have never interacted with. How has your life changed most since leaving? It was able to focus more on music and I had more time to travel. My mental health is definitely a lot better just going through everything that I did. I wouldn't you know, change it for anything because I feel like I grew so much as a person. Everything. I work. I have to pay my bills. But now I'm making music after work. Do you feel like it's impacted you in a positive way, having to do that thing that you resisted? It just came to the point where I had to face it. Mm -hmm. And after everything that I would face, it became easier to go head on with my fears. What are you working on now? I am working on music with the bruise. Can you um, play a quick clip? Okay, sure. Here we go. Hit it. Hey.
body so turn me loose turn me loose got that oh, chill shit. Oh, oh shit Damn! She's back! Thank you. Currently, I'm working on music video after I joined a new company, Crosspace. Also, for our boyfriend fans, a mini album is coming out this December. Thank you all for waiting the three years gap. Do you have a clip from your new music that we can listen to? Oh, because! Alright, let's yeah. do it! Thank you so much. I love you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, you got five seconds to shout out or promote anything you want directly in the camera. Go. I want to give a big shout out to best friend for always being there for me. I love cruise space. I love. Best friend, boyfriend, yeah. Thank you guys so much for liking Anthony and thank you The Bruise, my co-producers. And please follow me on Instagram so you can have like all the updates. I'm Subin. I basically talk about the dark sides of the K-pop industry through my experience. If you guys are interested, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to my channel. Anthony Padia, 구독과 좋아요. <laughs> well, there you have it. I spent a day with ex-K-pop idols. And I feel like I understand the world of the K-pop industry a little more. While every single idol's experience is gonna be vastly different depending on which company they're with, what label they're with, what age they were when they joined the industry, many endure invisible pressures and workloads that can be unbearably exhausting and even parasitic. And there may be more to any situation than what appears on the surface. Virgo Squad, what's up? What? Yeah. Virgo Squad. <laughs> Wait, you too? I'm a Virgo. Oh shit. Virgo Squad, what's up? We just had a connection. Oh my yes, god, we just had a connection. <laughs> I don't believe in any of that shit, but we still had a connection. Um, but <laughs>